So, really, wouldn't you just like to press a restart? <laughs> Stay tuned for yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. <laughs> So usually people talk about setting a restart button like at the first of the year, like New Year's resolutions and cleaning the slate or clearing the slate and uh, just looking at something from a fresh start, right? Well, the beginning of my year um, was lovely. It involved uh, celebrations of my niece's um, nuptials. She got married and it involved uh, family visiting for a handful of days, Jonathan's family from uh, Minnesota. And then from there, it was COVID, COVID season for us. And thankfully and gratefully, we made it through it essentially without a hitch, but it did knock us on our Twishes for uh, a good month. So today is actually Valentine's Day. And I thought, what better day to officially press a restart button? So I am actually um, just giving myself a chance to take a deep breath and use today the day of uh, love, iconically, um, and love for myself and for my fellow man and my husband, um, to press the restart button. And interestingly enough, in a discussion that I had with the guest that you're going to be introduced to again in just a moment, that came up. So I feel like it is a synergy, I believe they call it, when um, we were speaking of the same things. He introduced me to a book a little more than a year ago that I have read uh, parts of, most of, pulled away, came back, left again, returned, turned back to the back and tried to steal some of the conclusions, went back, read through. No joke. This book is just so many things. And he has read it and read it and read it and reread it and gifted it. And uh, I just thought it would be an ideal time for me personally to hear um, and talk and break down the concepts of this book. It's called The 4-H Principle, excuse me, 4-H, 4-8 Principle. And um, it has everything to do with what we think on and how what we think on has everything to do with everything else. So here's my friend back from more than a year ago when he visited the Terry Summers podcast, Jeff Mullen. So folks, once again, um, as I gave you a heads up, this is Jeff Mullen. Jeff Mullen, if you recall, he, you know, time flies, Jeff. I can't, I can't believe it. We were, I was just sort of quickly adding up time and recollecting uh, a story. And you were here on the podcast more than a year ago. Wow. Wow's right. Yeah, that went by fast. That went by really fast. <laughs> but um, Jeff is a, first of all, he's a super talent. And I'm not just saying this, Jeff, because I have you here in front of me. <laughs> but well, you are. While we're here. Yeah, while we're here. <laughs> um, 
you just are, You've, you're iconic and I will redirect people so they can listen to some of your music. But I was thinking before I, I uh, dialed up, um, style wise, what would you, if you had to, if you had to write a review about your voice, I am putting you on the spot so bad. Do not cuss me out when we stop recording. Um, uh, if you had to write a review and describe your voice, what would you say of it? And don't, don't pull out any humble card. Maybe schizophrenic because <laughs> I love, I mean, there, I love so many different styles of music. I love, I just love music. Now, um, what people typically say is when I sing, they're like, oh, you're a white guy. And I, yeah, I am. So uh, a lot of my roots are R&B and gospel. And that's just, you know, I grew up way, way, way redneck, like Southern gospel. But then when I came in, I, I found Andre Crouch and the Disciples. That changed everything for me musically. In, in the especially in the world of gospel in, in the church world in the christian world right i just wrecked me just changed everything because of not only him but he's got this rhythm percussion horn section that was just wicked like nothing i've ever heard before in my life i was just i was in high school when i heard him so that just changed everything then it went into a lot of different styles but man we love all kinds of styles but i love doing that you know i've done some standards recently that i really enjoyed the standards christmas cd and just the big band standards with the big band and we do some concerts and all and, and to me those are just great great tunes and it's a whole different um style to perfect it's way different than singing rb and gospel and how and, is it first of all i know who andre crouch is because i grew up in a similar uh, environment churched as you did. Um, but for people that don't know who Andre Crouch is, who would you, how would you liken him in the popular world? Wow. Um, is she, what's that? Is she, is she, that's my, that's just what I do to everything that I don't, that doesn't need to be specific. You know, there's so many, you know, just popular artists or R and B artists that, uh, and typically they're black artists who grew they grew up in the church and i'll tell you what if you're i mean andre died i don't know a couple of years ago a year ago something like that but he died in his i think maybe 80 right so if you're if you've been in the gospel music or even you know the secular music with you know gospel roots background you and you're over 50 he's a part of a foundation of gospel music and of contemporary um r&b um, so how to compare him, I, he's, he was a one of a kind. You really have to go back and just look up Andre Crouch or Andre Crouch's Disciples. Okay. Because he was everything from, yeah, gospel, gotcha in the church, but then he just took it large and in charge in the 80s. Now he had some real challenges in the 80s as well, but his music then crossed over out of gospel into secular music and secular stations. And that was just back then. Right. No one did that. So right. yeah, he's, yeah, he's amazing. So anyway, love the gospel side, love the standard side. Um, we love country music and all, but I don't know how else to describe it other than it's just more of a gospel feel because that's how I grew up and more of an R and B style and yeah, what I do. Well, you got it. You got it. <clears throat> fades and those standards. Holy cow. Holy cow. My husband, my husband, you know, who he is a musician and has a really rich background, just being familiar with music. Um, you know, his father was a musician and, but he just said, wow. 
you know, and Jonathan, you, you don't, you, he doesn't toss around compliments. He's not an over complimenter. He's just not even a complimenter typically in general. And he just said, wow. So for folks that are listening that have a loose idea of who my husband is, and he says, wow, we'll need to hook you up with. So I, um, I was talking with Jeff. Um, we had a, we've had a friendship for a number of years. I won't even count it up because I don't want to carry the burden of my aging. Um, but uh, we got rekindled and we just maintained. We both came through a little bout of sickness recently and we're very encouraging to each other. What are you doing for your cough? What are you doing for your cough? But I was just telling him that I feel like because the, the new year started off kind of funk a doodle. Well, it started off beautifully. I had, there was a wedding in the family and family visiting, but um, shortly after that, you know, I uh, got thankfully a mild, um, well, it wasn't really mild, but I mean, it wasn't what other people have suffered with of COVID. And I'm just now feeling like my year is starting. And there was a book that you shared with me, my friend, that you, in the sharing, Jeff, you said, this could be a game changer. This is a game changer or something like that. I don't know if you use that term, but it was something like that. And it's called the four, eight principle. And then there's also a, 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 a book that followed it by Tommy Newberry. Can you just refresh us, refresh everyone of, of why you would even share that book with me? Because then we can launch into why we're, what we're here today for. All right. Well, Tommy's an, <clears throat> is an amazing coach. Pardon my occasional cough. <clears throat> but um, when I first read the book, okay, unfortunately, we live in a society, you know, bent on nursing old wounds and highlighting what is wrong, right, um, with just about everything. We just, it's we focus on what's wrong. And as a result, we... Um, We've grown accustomed, I think, to viewing our worlds and our lives and ourselves through a lens of negativity. And that negativity stands in direct contrast, really, to the, to the passionate, purpose-filled people that God wants us to be. All right, so we just, this is part of our culture. And, and part of our culture is media, everything. Not, when I say everything, well, just don't. Just a whole bunch of it, right? Not everything, but maybe 90% yeah. of the news is negative. Yeah. Even a lot of the music, if we had, if we do it, we listen to negative songs, songs that are about leaving our spouse or about how bad the kids are. You know, they're just finding all these negatives. And it's just, it's hard to get away from it. And then people just get on Facebook, just get on, you know, Twitter or whatever. No one's saying, boy, I hope you have a great day boy, isn't God great? Oh man, think about all the great things in your life. Just have you thought about that? No, people are just talking about everything that's going to hell in a handbasket. So when I first read the 40 principle, it was hard to get through because like every two or three lines, I'm thinking, it's like reading the book of Proverbs. Like, you can't read a chapter of it every day because there's so much in there. I can, like, I can get through one verse. I'm gonna, if I'm going to ponder on that, really think on that, or meditate on that. So when I started reading the book, I, I backed up. I'm like, I can't get through this, even through the study book, which is phenomenal. I just had to shorten it up because every single day of our lives are being bombarded by everything that's negative. And we've got to replace that with positive. We just, and, and <clears throat> though. I want to say the point of 
whether you're um, a Jesus follower or not, whether you put credence in Bible or not, that's your call. Uh, but if you, you can use, you can Google it, just go to Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter four, verse eight, if you put that in there, it'll pull up. So the apostle Paul says, think on these things, the things that are good, the things that are right, the things that are honorable, the things that are pure. And he goes on and on and on. Why? Because we have the option of thinking just the opposite. And, and that's basically the premise of the book. We all end up focusing on those things that are negative and impure and dishonest and we just get bombarded with it he's like no no no, don't allow that to happen you have to purposefully focus on those things that are good and right and honorable and just and pure and that takes enormous effort because so that leads right into my question i'm glad you said that it takes enormous effort do you think as human beings that it is the propensity of us in our humanness to gravitate towards things that are not, um, that, that are negative? Do you think that we're, that not intentionally, but just in our humanity and in the world that we are, that he, we had to be told that to, hey, 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 you who think on these things over here, y'all. I mean, do you think that's the deal? I do because of our human nature. I think we do have the propensity to see the negative right? But like I said, depending on what we plug into every day, if we, if the first thing we do in the morning is hit our Twitter account, then more than likely, the moment you wake up, you're getting bombarded, you, you're allowing yourself to get bombarded with whatever crap is on Twitter, or Facebook, or, you know, choose all the different social media platforms, or if you just get up and go right to the news. Well, how many positive news posts have you seen? You know, they're just not out there. So we intentionally fill our minds with garbage. Now, I've been guilty of that. I mean, I, absolutely. And I literally have to pause and say, you know what? I don't think I need to take the next 30 days off of the news. You may take the next 30 days off of whatever it is that's filling me with the crap. And I just need to fill myself up with that, which is positive. And it's not a self, it, I guess if you want to call it self-help, fine but it's self-awareness. Yeah. I think is even more important. But I mean, but sorry to interrupt you, but even back before, I mean, Twitter has not always been the news in the way that we digest it now or receive it and digest it has not always been back in the day of Paul there, you know, that's what, I guess that's what I'm kind of like sitting back as a human being and saying, how much of this is nurture meaning what we're exposed to and how much of it is nature. And one of the reasons I say that is, is, and I mean this sincerely, I'm not like patting myself on the back. I feel like my, and that's not to say I'm, I don't have negative spins, but my propensity is to look at, <clears throat> look for something positive out of something. And I, I, I've been thinking about this for almost a year now, like how I naturally want to go back in my mind and find something positive out of a situation and see how, um, and I've been that way since I was a little girl, but it does make me wonder if it's not necessarily the norm. You know what I mean? Because if Paul, if, if Paul said it way back then, then uh, we, what were people being affected by way back then? You know what I mean? So is it in our humanness to almost decline by being negative 
thinkers? Well, I think, okay, so there's truth to everything you said. So there, I think by our human nature, our propensity is to look to the negative or look at what's missing. Now, I think that I'm a glass half full guy. I think you're a half glass full girl, right? But we have that. And then we look at our homes. So now you want to look at nature and nurture. <clears throat> you look at how we've been impacted by family members uh, uh, and, and just growing up and what kind of a home did we grow up with? What was our what were our parents like? And what did our fathers or mothers, how did they speak into our lives? And that impacts us. So we've already, we're working from a deficit of our human nature. Right. And then you get this piled on top of it. Right. So it takes extraordinary effort to get beyond it. So true. So what made so what made you stick with the book when you because I have it right here with me and I have to tell you exactly what you just said exactly when I started reading it I'm like whoa stop I, I like right away I I don't know I, I don't know if you could see it but I mean I have underlined and marked and starred and drawn lines like immediately so like I love to read and I love to set out and really go for it and it was. I better slow down and chew this or I'm going to proverbially choke. And what made you stick with this and then also take it to a place where you wanted to share it with other people? Well, I just knew that I, I'm pretty sure that's just at that moment in time when I bought the book, I was just, I was struggling with negativity and I don't, I don't like it. And I've done that. I've gone in and out of that in my life. And I I'll get sarcastic. I'll get dark and I'll get like, wait, that's not, <clears throat> I know that's not who I really am. And it's not who I want to be. Right. In fact, there'll be times on Facebook. I, tr I, I try to post some funny things some thought provoking things. Some, I post some scripture and some little studies and things. And there are times I post things that at that moment, I don't feel, but I know it's true. Got it. And that's how I live my life as well. You know what? Some days I'm, I, and I have to stop myself. I'm like, what am I, why am I so cranky? Why am I so negative? Why am I, that is, and see, we, sometimes we cannot control our first response or reaction, but we can control our second. Uh -huh. So when I, you know, someone's on the freeway or someone, this, someone rubs me the wrong way and I immediately I'm cranky. Well, that says something about me, not them. And so maybe I get, say whatever, do whatever, but you know what, I, that second choice is, you know what, no, that's what, that's not, that's not what I'm going to allow in my life. You know, behind, behind everything that we do is a thought. Yeah. And I was each just individual, say. yeah, each individual thought contributes to our overall character and how well our mind works. I think, um, how well our mind works dictates how much joy we allow ourselves to experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. And how successful I feel and how well I interact with other people. There's just, there's no, um, there's no area in my life and your life that is untouched by our thoughts. 
Okay, that is now I don't know if you memorized the book or not because you just said exactly there were I so I, I opened up the book to the introduction because that's where I immediately started. And let me just quickly look I have oh, memorized quite a bit of the book. Well you had to have because you <clears throat> skipped it right out. Um, in in the introduction, it says, I wrote this book to help you improve the one thing in life over which you have complete control, your thinking. This profoundly influences every other aspect of your life. True. I've observed that all <laughs> lasting change is preceded by changed thinking. Um, and then the other, the next page, I had just underlined what you had just said. Um, yet behind everything you do is a thought and each individual thought contributes to your overall character. No area of your life is untouched by your thoughts. You just said that, but so wow. Yeah, paraphrased, but yeah, but I've read it so many times. I've gone through the book so many times now. And that's what I, that's what I want for my life to understand that our life is built on thought after thought, after thought, after thought, after thought, thoughts about me, thoughts about you, thoughts about my family, thoughts about people I work with, I serve with, I thoughts about my community, thoughts about people that I see on TV. They, it's never ending. And, and there's, um, there is in the Bible, there's that one powerful scripture as a man, <clears throat> so is he. So that for, for being a control freak, cause I am a little bit, well, I don't even want to say that cause I don't want to be controlling cause I kind of understand where it comes from, but from, from someone who wants to have control, um, to a certain extent, and there's very little I can ever have control over, um, as I think, so am I. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely something that fires me up yeah. because I can affect change in my life. Even if it looks like a steep hill, I can affect change in my life by my thoughts. And that's crazy awesome that we're given that opportunity. It is. Um... I, one of the things that Tommy talked about somewhere in the book, I have no idea where it is, but I'm, it's in there. He talked about, um, and this has really stuck with me because I do a lot of driving. So what are your, what are your choices when you drive? Well, you're either listening to something, whether it's, you know, radio, talk show, whatever it is, or it's off. And what happens with your mind as you're driving? Uh-huh. Thinking. Yeah. It just yeah. goes all over the place. It just wanders around. Right. And, you know, and we don't really think about, okay, what could I be thinking about right now as I drive? How could I be purposefully thinking right thoughts? How could I be disciplining my mind as I drive the car, take the kids on a walk, whatever it is, rather than just allowing our, because what I've seen with so many people and in my life, when I allow my mind to wander, it typically wanders where I don't want it to. It typically wanders into worry. It True. typically wanders into, well, you know what? It typically wanders into worry. Right. I start wandering into what's going to happen in China? What's going to happen in Russia? What's going to happen to my, you know, my daughter who lives in Chicago? I'm like, Chicago, you're killing me. Okay, Chicago people, that's fine, but it's not necessarily the safest city. And I think about my daughter, my, so I go through this whole, you know, all these scenarios because, I, because I'm not purposefully designing my thought life. I'm allowing it to wander around this little Satan's playground. 
And then you look at the book of James. I'll jump out at Philippians, but look at the book of James. And there's a process. He says, look, don't worry. God says, don't worry about anything. <laughs> Seriously? He's like, yeah, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So in one of the lessons I was teaching at church, I don't know, I know what it was, I just thought, you know what, what if we, if we could replace all of our worry time? What if we could, we could, you know, and there's no way of doing this, but how could, if we could just take all the time we worried in one day, how much time was that? Half hour? Hour? Might be surprised how much time that is. What if we took all that and we replaced it? And we just said, we went through the process of God, I'm going to trust you with this. Because you know that 95% of the stuff we worry about, we can't have, we have no right. control over, we can't do anything about it. We just spend our time worrying about it. And that's the controlling of our mind. That's that making that decision. And there's a the passage in James that basically says, when you do this, you'll experience the peace of God. Well, do I want to have peace or do I want to have chaos? Right. right. So now I'm preaching, which I don't mean to do. It's just, that's, those are the guidelines in my life. Another thing, <clears throat> how to control a thought life, or how to control our thought life. Um, what's your early morning success ritual? What do you do the first thing in the morning? Well, that's, that's the foundation of your day, right? Right. It's it such a tone for it. everything. Yeah. So when you wake up, you know, that, that, that spot you're in, like even when your eyes are closed, but then, you know, you're awake now. Right. All you do is open your eyes and get moving. Right. So when my eyes are closed, I'm like, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my friendships. I just go through a thank you. And then I open up my eyes. Wow. Now you can you can go into your day however you want. You can go from there to uh, personal affirmations. How about if you sit down? I don't care if it's five or 10 minutes. Take the 4-8 principle book. Right. Just do something for five minutes and fill up your mind with that right. stuff that's good. And right. there are so many resources out there. Grab your Bible. Just read through that. Say, yep, I just want to be filled up right now. So you've gone from... Early in the morning, the scripture says again, I will rise up and thank you and greet you. Well, how about if we start off our, start off our day being thankful? Right. What if, you know, I've seen that little meme probably on Facebook a hundred times, but it's like, what if you had tomorrow? What if the only things you had tomorrow are the things you were thankful for today? Mm. Because we don't think about... And I, I challenge some folks, I'm like, take sticky notes and just walk around your house and thank God for this lamp because it gives me light. Right. This table that I sit at for dinner because across the globe, people don't have dinner and they don't have tables to sit at. Right. And, in, you know, it's everything, my socks, my shoes, my garage, my air conditioner. Right. And we don't do it. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to think practically, like as I, as we spoke beforehand, I have um, an audience of folks, some from a, a, a common place of um, a faith-based group of friends uh, and people that uh, have shared my podcast. And then I have um, uh, a probably significant portion of people that listen that, um, that don't practice any kind of faith or a different faith or are not Bible uh, reading people um, that, that might even have an understanding of all of that uh, terminology that we kind of, you and I kind of go back and forth with relatively easily, easily, but this book and this principle, though it's when it says 
the 4-8 principle, um, it's literally referring to that scripture. Um, but the principles itself, like I, 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 in being someone who wants to live out my faith, um, I look for opportunities to be able to say, Hey, this is something, you know, don't, don't, you if you don't have, don't have to go, if you don't want to, don't go to the whole realm, take your time. But this is an open door that I would like you to peek in because I absolutely think it would apply. If you were to encapsulate this, not separate from scripture, because it's not, it is scripture. It's alive. It's a, it's alive and breathing. And that is my understanding of it. But how would you, uh, invite those that are listening to go pick this book up or pick up, pick up the practice of the principle. So if they're old enough, I know who Bob Dylan is. <clears throat> music boss, little Bob Dylan. Years ago, Bob, one of the phrases in his, in one of his songs, <clears throat> says, um, I got to change my way of thinking. Don't want to be nobody's fool. And that's been a line that's like stuck with me since I was, because I, I think I, I bought the record, right? So it was a long time ago. Um, and it's just truth. I mean, don't be fearful of, um, okay, if you want to encapsulate. If you're stuck, you got to get unstuck. Mm. All right. Now, if it's me, I go to Bible because that's just the foundation. And I'd say, don't be scared of going to this book. Will he say, Here's what Bible says. Yep, he will. And then he'll put in, a little, okay. And then it goes on. And I just, I guarantee anyone, if you have an open mind and a heart, now I know some people who aren't and they're just sarcastic and they're dark and they're, okay, fine. You're probably, you're not going to like, you're going to hate this book. Don't, don't even buy it. If that's <laughs> the way you if you want to stay stuck there, this is the last book you want, you want to buy and read. But if you feel stuck, you want to get unstuck. And if you want to fill your mind and heart with positive nutrients, then I can guarantee people, if you buy this little book, or I would say buy both, but if, if you can only buy a one, I think 10 bucks for one of them, yeah. buy the one that's the study book. And I can't remember. So you got the 40 principle, then you've got the 40 days to a joy-filled life. And that's the workbook, 40 days to a joy-filled life. Oh, that's and the, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so I'm out of it. One. So the, that that's the study book, 40 Days to a Joy-Filled Life? Yeah, that's the black You refer book. to study book, that's what you mean? Yeah, the study book is, I've probably got one here, but it's just, you know, it's like two pages. And it's just question, you know. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but I just, I mean, I can guarantee people that if it doesn't change, yeah, I'll buy the book. Because it, like, you, you know, there's so much out there in the market to read. But I've just found this book to be foundational because no one really talks about your thought life. Right. So I don't true. Care whether you're a Christian, whatever you want to call yourself, label yourself. Right. You know the word Thanksgiving or being, you know what it is to be thankful. Right. You're either thankful or you're not thankful. That's it. Now, right. some people aren't thankful because they've never gotten out of their own neighborhood. Yeah. They haven't gotten out of this country. They haven't been globally. They haven't held babies who are going to die tomorrow because they don't have any more food. And they right. haven't had food for months. They haven't done that. They haven't seen the globe. So they don't know what it really is to be thankful. But I tell you what, all you really have to do, like I live in Las Vegas, I could take you 25 minutes north 
And if you don't drive back to your plush little house, thankful, uh, you've got a problem. And you got to get your thankful thing fixed because there are so many homeless, so many desperate, so many hungry, so many broken, so much mental illness. So I just come back to this. This book is a, it is a game changer because I've given away, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of these. I've shipped them overseas to the military. I've, I mean, I've, I've given them away and I get notes that come back saying, this changed me. Wow. This changed my heart. This changed my mind. It changed my mindset. So I keep getting, they come back and said, this changed the way I think. Wow. Yeah. And there we go. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. so, so I wanted to, uh, and we, we touched on it a little bit, but as I thought about inviting you, and I know that we just have a short amount of time. And like you said, you can, it's so much to take in and not in an overwhelming way. Oh my gosh, I can't grasp this, but in, wow, this applies so much. What would you say that you and I uh, return here on somewhat of a regular schedule and kind of go through the principles, no pun intended, of this, um, the 4-H <laughs> principle and kind of chew on it a little bit uh, in the whole. And in the meantime, just invite listeners that might want to go through it with us and break it down um, uh, along with listening to a podcast and, you know, they can send in their thoughts and stuff. Would that be something, I know you're a busy fella, but that would that be something you would be willing to do? Oh, I think that'd be great fun. I do that'd too. That'd be great fun together. Yeah. yeah, I do too. I, you know, here's just a last thought if you're listening and you, um, no matter where you are in the realm of your spiritual self, we all are spiritual beings. And I know that in, in the world, you know, there's lots of scary conversations going on and there has been, we've been under a scary situation and lots of uh, inund being inundated with things all the time and more and more and more. So every day, and um, until uh, uh, someone says otherwise, that's probably the situation that we will always hear more and more of it. And it, it, this and such is on the brink. So I know that fear and worry is gripping people. This is not a foreign thing. If it never did before, it is now. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want you to take heed of of what Jeff has shared and just challenge yourself. I know you can find it on Amazon um, if you can grab the whole book or the other one is called 40 Days. Say that again, Jeff. I'm going to write it down and put it in my notes when I put this uh, episode up. The other one? 40 Days to a Joy-Filled Life. And so is, that, is, that the, um, is that the one that kind of gives you an exercise every day kind of thing? No. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. Um, anyway, you can find them on Amazon and I just um, uh, ask that you step out and just for the heck of it, you know, I mean, it's a, it's not a big, thick, huge book. It's a, a moderately sized little book, but it is power packed with wonderful stuff. And today is actually Valentine's day. I didn't say that to you, Jeff, happy Valentine's day to you. Um, and, uh, but I really feel like I needed to, um, the resistance that I was having 
in making my way through it all the way because I was, I was feeling overwhelmed in all the information. And if you and I could go through it together, it would just make me feel like I have a handle on it in a wonderful way. And hopefully we can share that with people that are listening to the podcast. So I thank you. Well, I um, and I thank you so much for recommending the book to me. Yeah, um, you're welcome. I have too many. I'm so glad we were just had a conversation and, and that just came to my mind. And, but then the nice thing was, the great thing was you followed up with it. And it wasn't just a, well, Jeff recommended a book. Well, no, it was like a week, a week later, like I bought it for me and I bought it for my family. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I, I trusted <laughs> you and a boy, was it worth it? It yeah. was, it's, um, it's just, it is a game changer and, uh, and a life changer. And uh, it hasn't been a straight shot either. It's as I have meandered through those thoughts that it challenges me with about my own thoughts. And, um, but it's, it's also been an affirmation to uh, lean into the part of me that already leans that way, you know, and right. to uh, hopefully be encouraging to other people in the same, um, in the same vote t- tone. Right. But um, well, I'll tell you what, since we're also with in Valentine's, let me just, I'll, I'll toss out one idea for Valentine's. And some people who are listening may not have someone to have a Valentine's with, but you, there's someone hopefully in your world that you love. And thinking of the 4-8 principle and how to 4-8 your mate, how to 4-8 your mate. So let me, I'm just going to share this real quick here and it's, I'm going to read it. So I just get it all right. I have it perfectly memorized. And uh, in the New Living Translation, chapter four, verse eight says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Now think about this in context of the person that you love, that mate of yours, because too often we can think more negatively, more negative thoughts about our mates than other people. We just don't cut them as much slack. And we don't, we have to go down that trail, but Mm -hmm. fix your thoughts on what's true about your mate. I mean, the good stuff. Fix your thoughts about what is true. What's honorable about your mate? What's right? Because we can often find things that are wrong about our mates, but what's right about them? What's pure about them? What's lovely about them? What could you admire about them? What's one thing? Okay, maybe you can't come up with 12, but what's one thing you can admire? How do you four eight your mate? And he says, think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So I, I think that we also have to always, one of the things that Kathy's always said, my wife, Kathy, is that we just need to believe the best in each other. Mm. And so many marriages, we just don't. We're always assuming the worst. We're always just that assumption of, well, they didn't do this, or they didn't do that because they don't, blah, 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 blah. But what if we assume the best? What if we could four eight our mates on a daily basis? Yeah. And what if we could four eight our children? Yeah. Our friendships. Friendships. What if we can just go to that? Yeah, I believe in them. Right. So yeah. that's just a thought for Valentine's. It's a beautiful thought, and it's the best way to end this podcast. And I am so glad that you're agreeing to come back. I knew I would have you back anyway. I can't believe the years zoomed by that fast, a little more than actually, but um, I'm tickled to have you here. Uh, don't go away. I'm going to say goodbye right now uh, uh, to, with all of our listeners, but I will hang on and say goodbye to you in just a moment. Thank you, Jeff Mullen. You have been a joy. Thank you. 
Okay, so I am restarting, uh, pressing that restart button with diving back in again to this book and taking in as much of it as I can. And I challenge you or encourage you or double dare you to get the book on Amazon if you can. And um, we will maybe go through this together, huh? If you're interested, shoot me a little word or two through social media or at terrysummers.com forward slash podcast. There's places there to leave questions. There's places there for you to say that you would love to be a guest. I would love for you to be a guest. Even if we have never met, that's the idea. I would love to visit with you. So come on, get online, terrysummers.com forward slash podcast. That's Terry, T-E-R-E-Y-S-U-M-M-E-R-S.com forward slash podcast. And there's options there for you to contact me again, also on social media, same name, same spelling and smelling. I uh, haven't yet showered today. Um, So I look forward to it. And let's uh, look forward to another visit with Jeff Mullen as he can sort of walk us through and help break down some of the principles of the 4-8 principle. What a lovely time it's been. Happy Valentine's Day, even though you'll probably be hearing this a day beyond. But here's love to you. Bye. (laughs) 